0: Welcome my Comfy Cozy Witchy friends to episode number 42 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me Jenny Blonde the Comfy Cozy Witch and I just want to say thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited to chat with you today about a topic that I find myself practicing more during the colder winter months where I am than at any other time. And that is tassiomancy, also known as tassiography, and it's also known as other terms. But that is the art of reading tea leaves, of reading coffee grounds, and even wine sediment. And I thought it was a really great topic because, again, I I see this season as a lot of people cozying up at home, sipping on that hot tea, and drinking that coffee, having a nice glass of wine before the fire. And when you're done doing that, you know, how much fun is it to do a little bit of divination? So we're going to talk about that today, in addition to what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy, and of course, the, the card pool that we do at the end of the episode. So before I go into the main segment, let's talk about what's making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So I have to tell you, and this has happened on one or two other episodes, I had recorded almost my entire comfy, cozy, witchy segment and my husband decided to call and I X'd out his call and then for whatever reason, it dele- I deleted by accident. I deleted what I just recorded. It was 10 minutes and I deleted it. So I'm going to start over again. Um, and, and you know me, I don't do anything scripted on my podcast. So, and I can't remember exactly how I said things the first time. So you're going to get it this second time, however it comes out. But before I go into that, I do want to say a few thank yous and give some shout outs. First, I want to do a shout out to my Patreon in general. Your support of me and the podcast is just amazing. And I'm am so grateful for all of you. I'm excited. This month we're doing um, in two of the tiers a secret Odin Yule gift exchange and I have a lot of goodies. I'm really excited for these things. Um, but I do wanna give a special shout out to the newest Mugwort subscribe- subscribers. So thank you to Stephanie C, to Amy, to Trisha V, to Hannah. Thank you to Casey. A big thank you to Crystal Magic and to Kendra. Thank you to Kelly and Casey, and Dana S. Thank you so much, Callie, for joining, and to Trish. And a big thank you to Kristen, to Missy S., to Claire, to Christina, and then to Jen, to Kristen B., and Vanessa D. I really appreciate all of your support. And if you would like to support me and the podcast through my Patreon, head to patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch and now let me get into what is making me feel comfy cozy and witchy and you know it's funny it's this was meant to be because the first time I recorded this segment I did ramble on for a bit which I know many of you enjoy but I did get a little bit carried away before going into what is actually making me feel comfy cozy and witchy so we will see if I'm able to remedy that this second time recording the segment. So the last few weeks have been extremely busy for me for many different reasons. My son is getting older. He's very much involved in activities at school. He has his extracurricular activities, his tennis lessons. Um, And so first, just driving him places and picking him up and attending events. And I'm so excited because he has his his school chorus concert, the holiday concert this week. I'm so looking forward to. But he is he is participating in more of these activities. And that just is hectic, especially this season, leading up to the holiday or the holiday season in general. And then it's been busy with my dogs. As you know, if you've been listening and following my Instagram, we have spent a lot of time at the vet the last month and a half, two months between all three dogs getting sick with Rivers spaying last week or two weeks ago. So we've been spending a lot of time taking the dogs places and that that takes up you know my days. And then this last week, I've had many things going on. Um, I had a lot of businessy. I don't know, I don't know if I call it businessy, but I've had a lot of Zoom and phone calls with a number of people, and I'm not going to tell you about who they were quite yet. But it's it's some exciting things and something exciting that I can't wait to share with you all very very soon um, when something is finalized. And then so I've had a lot of calls, and I also last week was preparing for Good Witch Week, which begins today. It began today, and you might not be listening on the actual day I release this, but it's Monday, December 5th, and Good Witch Week began, and I'm really excited about that. So I had a lot of things going on the last few weeks. Oh, and I forgot my apothecary. So my apothecary had its pop-up for Yule, and thank you everyone who who purchased something and supported my apothecary, everything sold out in less than two days. And I'm so sorry for those of you who couldn't grab items, but that was a very um, chaotic time as well, because I like to turn around and try to get those orders out as soon as possible. So I'm packing orders and such that took so much time. So there has been a lot of go, go going. And if you think back to my last episode, what was making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy was spending the slow time with my son and mindful time with my son. Remember, it was the slow days when he said, I like slow days with you, not <laughs> like this, mommy. And sorry, you might hear it echo for a second because I need to let River inside. She would She would spend all of her time outside if I let her, but it's only 30 degrees today, so I do want to bring her inside. She's so sweet. So I have been wanting again to embrace the slow, slow days. And you're going to hear the bells just for a second while she comes in. She's so sweet. Come on in. And so I have been every morning making sure that I am taking some slow time to myself getting back into a nice morning ritual and sipping on my tea or sipping on my coffee, doing my journaling, my card pools, um, to really start the day out right. So look, I'm not getting any better than I did the first time I recorded this. I'm just going on and on. So what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy right now it does have to do kind of with the slow, the slow days and the slow mornings, but I am really embracing and loving the winter and Yule season this year. And you know, I have said it on the podcast, I've said it many times, my favorite Sabbath is Mabon, the autumn equinox, we're in the throes of fall, really picking up fall But I have to say, I really do think a very, very, very close second is Yule because of the feeling I get leading up to Yule. The the magic, even though there's magic in the air, I feel at my house all year, the magic because of my son, and there's just so much magic at this time. And I've been starting my morning, sorry if you can hear my little dog barking in the background. I've been starting my mornings off with going outside and embracing the cold air. So I take my coffee, I let the dogs out, I take my coffee or tea. I've been having more tea lately outside and I've been standing out there in my bare feet and just letting that cold air surround me. I'll close my eyes, take a few deep breaths. And really connect and ground myself. And that has started my days out so nicely. The last, I'd say I've been doing it now for six, seven days. So I haven't been doing it for weeks. But my weeks were so busy, I knew I needed to start my day with something. So really connecting to the season, really connecting to winter through being outside in my climate where I live and connecting to nature. That has been helpful for me. And, you know, oftentimes going into these darker months in winter and really turning inward, sometimes that can be a little isolating and um, it can really strain, strain one's mental health. And I know in the past that there has been some seasonal mental anxieties that I have surrounding winter, but I'm really trying to embrace the season and look at it from a magical lens rather than dread it getting darker excuse me and dreading the cold weather i'm i'm making an effort to really embrace it this year and i urge you to do the same thing to embrace winter however it comes to you and whatever form of of climate and weather comes to you but really embrace this season and i've been embracing it too with decorating this year Um, we always we always decorate the front porch Um, and decorate inside the house. But this year, I I went out and got more garland. I wanted more garland for the posts. I wanted more twinkle lights, because I just want to make this year as magical as possible. And I know that there are little ears that listen to this podcast. Um, So I'm not going to say too much. But if you have seen my stories on Instagram, that you know that you know, there's a little, a little less magic for my son this year, but he is still finding a way to embrace the magic of the season and share it with other people and spread that to other friends and young cousins and young neighbors. And, and, our, and, and so that, you know, I, I want to make things a little extra magical this year because of that as well. So I'm really embracing this Yule season and really enjoying my slow mornings, being outside. I don't care how cold it is. I've been out there and it is so refreshing and it does start my day off right. So all that to say, I guess what is making me feel comfy, cozy, witchy is going into winter and embracing the dark and embracing the cold where I live and really going inward and being introspective. And I wanna take time. I'm gonna take time this year, take some time, not off, but I'm gonna try not to be as busy the next couple of weeks because I've had a very busy few weeks, especially, you know, gearing up for Good Witch Week, um, but very busy couple of weeks. But I, I want to deliberately slow down even more and think about some of my goals for next year. But anyway, winter magic and coming into the winter season and the Yule season, that's what's making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. As you know, I only have sponsors on my podcast from businesses that I stand behind and products that I have tried myself and seen myself and that I know that my audience would resonate with and love. And that's why I am thrilled to be introducing you to Veraditas Botanica. And they are a small botanica that specializes in handmade herbal and ritual items. Their teas are hand blended. They have their own honey that they make that comes from their own bees on their property, which is amazing. And all of their items are made with intention and magic from plants that that celebrate the healing and celebration of nature and I love their products I was sent a little box I don't want to say a little box it was a nice size box filled with products so I have the Nagchampa sacred water for cleansing blessing and grounding I was sent the Gaia grounding kit with a bracelet and stones and herbs to burn I really love the joy tea. I've had the joy hot tea a couple of times, which really connects me to this season. But if you want to check out some of their items, which truly would make wonderful solstice Yule presents, go to viriditasbotanica.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-A-S botanica.com. And of course, I'll have that linked below in the show notes. And use code COZY10 for 10% off your entire purchase. That's viraditasbotanica.com with code COZY10. So I am very excited for today's main segment, which is about tassiomancy or tassiography or tassology, tassiology. Uh, All of those terms have been used for this particular divination tool. And for the purposes of this episode, I'm just gonna stick with either tassiomancy or tassiography. And what it is, is a divination or fortune telling method that interprets patterns in leaves of tea, in coffee grounds, or in wine sediments. And essentially it is it is another divination tool that you can use in your practice, just like you might use tarot and oracle cards or a scrying implement, or a pendulum. It's another form of divination, or fortune-telling, or just a way to connect with your ancestors, loved ones, your guides, your higher self, spirit, whatever you you were to call your team. And the term derives from the French word tassie, which means cup, and I apologize, I am not French. And if I did not say that wrong, I do apologize, you know that. Um, So the the word cup, which in turn derives from the Arabic word, or loan word into French, tassa. And the respective Greek suffixes then graph, mean, writing. So taffyography, you know, tassiography writing in a cup. Um, Tassiamansi, which is divination. So divination in the cup and tassiology, which is the study of. So study of what you're finding in the cup. And tasseomancy you know, has, there, there's history. You can find when you research, you can find some history that, that explains it. But we don't know 100% for certain where the reading of tea leaves began. We've, we see it in cultures all throughout history. I don't know that it has been pinpointed. I think that there is some definite um, leanings toward, you know, one idea. But it's thought that it followed the trade routes of tea and coffee and was practiced in both um, Baltic and Slavic nations. And also it's known that it's closely related to the Romani people, Whose nomadic lifestyle contributed to the spread of this practice. But again, the exact origins are unknown. And I've read from I've read from many different um, sources that it, it's kind of all over the place. And I will say it's not as ancient as some of the other popular, well-known divinatory systems. But it appears to have begun when we're talking about Tassiomancy and reading leaves for the future. Um, It appears to have begun around the 17th century. And again, the time when the tea trade was making its way into European society. Okay, so um, that's a little bit about the history. Different regions have practiced it with slight, slight variations, which does indicate that this the, the people learned how to do it by passing it down through word of mouth, like learning how to do it by word of mouth. And although it's not considered a closed cultural practice, there, there are some who believe it is traditional to ask permission from a Romani elder as a sign of respect. Um, but I, I do, I do practice this um, It's not a daily part of my practice, but just like most other divinatory tools, it's just another, another tool that we can connect to our guides um, for guidance. And so let's talk about, I'm trying to think, when we think back to fortune tellers that we saw in the medieval era, it can be, or I'm sorry, they developed some of their readings from splatters of wax or lead and other molten substances. So it's thought, too, that, that that is where this came from as well. You know, divining the future through the splatters then turned into divining the future through reading your own tea leaves and coffee grounds and so forth. And according to other different sources, coffee fortune telling First appeared in the Ottoman palaces in the 1500s so that's back even further and Turkish coffee is a coffee culture that later spread to Bosnia the Middle East and the Balkans and then to other parts of the world but using coffee in tassiography so coffee is a fortune-telling method is mostly one that belonged to the Turkish culture Turkish culture. So that's where that originated, which is really just fascinating, fascinating to me. So that's a little bit about the history. And I want to talk a little bit about how we can do that and how we can use it in our practice. I am thrilled to again be partnering with Blessed Be Magic the jewelry brand that creates elegant and minimal jewelry for powerful witchy people. And their best-selling pentacle jewelry collection truly makes the perfect gift for the witches in your life or for yourself this Yule season. As you know, the pentacle is a beloved symbol in witchcraft and is believed to represent protection and power. I use it a lot when I'm connecting to the elements and of course all of the jewelry that they create is just so beautiful and of the utmost quality and each piece comes in a gift ready keepsake box and pouch you know that i have a number of their pieces and i 100% recommend them for yourself or for a really great witch for a gift for a witch friend so you know give the magic of the pentacle this holiday season if you want you can use code cozywitch 15 for 15% off all full price talisman jewelry at blessedbmagic with a K.com. And again, I will have that linked below. Cozy Witch 15 for 15% off beautiful jewelry. So, of course, there are many methods for reading your tea leaves. And if you're listening to this and you have. Practice tassiomancy before, you might have your own method. I'm just going to share with you what works for me. But again, your practice is your own and you might discover that you like reading the tea leaves a little bit differently. So first off, let's talk about what you will need. So if you are trying out tassiography for the first time you're going to need a pot of hot water a kettle of boiling water really so you're going to need boiling water a teacup and saucer and when you think about your teacup i like ones that aren't that are aren't as deep and that have a wider base because that gives you more surface area to view the leaves and for them to create shapes And I also like cups that don't have designs in the inside of them. I do have one that I use most often. It does have a couple little roses, but they aren't distracting whenever I read tea leaves. So you wanna make sure that the cup that you use does have a lot of um, white space and plain space on the surface, just so you can, I think, form a better reading or get a better reading. But again, that's up to you. And I have I have known people to use mugs, just coffee mugs with a plain inside that they can easily read. You really can use whatever you have at home, but if you do have access to a teacup and saucer, that is the preferable method and the method that I use. And where I found my go-to, so my go-to cup and saucer, oh, I actually have two sets. Well, not sets. I have, they're each a single that make up a pair. (laughs) I found one at Goodwill and it was like $2 and it, it just called to me. I was just walking around and saw it and thought that is the perfect cup and saucer for tea leaf reading. And so I picked it up, came home, washed it, cleansed it, and used it right away. I also found another cup and saucer set tea cup and saucer at a local sale that a church was doing. So they were doing a fundraising where people, you know, donated their items, a charity sale, I guess. And um, I was able to find a set there as well. And that one that set, so the first set that I got at Goodwill does have the roses in it, which I, I, it's beautiful. It's my favorite one. But the second one is completely white in the inside. So I can get a really good reading. I can really see the shapes of the tea leaves and the sediment when I use that. So you want a teacup and saucer. Um, You want the saucer because you're going to end up flipping your teacup over and the saucer catches any extra loose tea. And You can read the tea leaves in the saucer in addition to the leaves in the cup if you choose. And then you're going to need loose leaf tea, of course. Um, You can use whatever tea you would like. I prefer oolong because oolong tea separates a little bit better and it forms better shapes, I have found, And most historians do agree that it may have been the first type of tea to be used in a reading. So I use decaf because you know I drink decaf, (laughs) decaf oolong tea, and then a notebook or a journal and a writing utensil because you'll want to record the findings that you have. So very simply, you boil a pot of water. And you prepare your teacup again, have a light and colored interior, um, and you gather your saucer. The water needs to be boiling to steep the tea properly. So make sure you get that nice and hot on your stovetop. Or if you have a kettle or an electric kettle, make sure it is boiling pretty well. I have made tea before that was not at a rolling boil and or at a boil and it it just does not steep as well so make sure it gets nice and hot um and then you're going to take just the first thing you well not the first thing your boy i say okay. okay so let's say your water is boiling starting to boil you have that going um then you're going to take a I would say Not even a teaspoon because you have a little tea cup and saucer. So you don't want too much tea. I probably use about half a teaspoon of loose leaf tea and you put that in the cup first. Again, it has to be loose leaf, um, not a tea bag. And oh, I know I mentioned before oolong tea. I like to use oolong. I have used my favorite honey bush in the past, but I found that it just did not give me as good of a reading. So I'll just throw that out there as well but it it worked. Whatever you have at home could work. And you know, if you have a tea bag, you could even cut a tea bag open and pour out some of the tea and use that. But you know, when you have, like when I was using my rooibos or my honeybush or smaller leaves, um, they stick to your lips more and you end up swallowing more of the actual tea, which is not very pleasant. So anyway. I would use about half a teaspoon not a lot because although it may look like a little you'll find that the tea expands especially if you use like an oolong or even jasmine the tea expands and will clump together if you use too much of it so I say about a half teaspoon maybe sometimes not even that and you'll put that in the teacup again you don't want it to get too clumpy with too much And then you simply pour the boiling water over the tea leaves and fill the cup about three quarters of the way. Don't fill it to the rim, just three quarters of the way. And and trust me when I say that. (laughs) And I know that many of us like our tea with maybe a splash of milk or cream or honey. But when you are using tea for divination and doing this method, don't add anything to it, just the tea itself. And then you're going to steep it for three minutes, and this is going to allow the tea leaves to absorb the water, which will help them stick to the cup a little bit better. Okay, now while the tea is steeping, this is the time that you should really focus on any specific questions you have in any situations you want guidance with. So I would definitely go into this whole experience with intention, not, oh, let's just see what my cup has to say or what my tea has to say. Try to focus on a specific question or intention. Again, if you need guidance with a situation and absolutely, if you make this part of a morning ritual or evening, nighttime ritual, then you can ask for guidance for the overall day or guidance for the next day, but make sure that you're thinking of that, that intention. And then once it has steeped for at least three minutes, you're gonna start sipping on a small amount at a time until you just have a little bit remaining. And I want to say that the act of drinking the tea, the consumption of the tea is providing a physical connection to the reading and a physical connection to the tea and your intention which makes the reading more likely that it's going to be accurate so don't just guzzle it all down because you want to get to the leaves you want to get to the reading really take your time take small sips at a time and then at the end you want to leave only about, I would say, a teaspoon of liquid at the bottom of the cup. So you don't want to drink all of the liquid out of it. You want to leave a little bit in the cup. And if also another good place to stop is if you are noticing that every time you're sipping, it's just more leaves (laughs) that are sticking to your lips than water, you know, tea that you're consuming, tea water that you're consuming, then it's probably time that you're done. Try not to drink the bitter leaves though. Um, You can always use a spoon as a shield whenever you're drinking the tea um, to help so you don't, you're not eating, eating the tea. You're not eating all of the tea while you're doing it. Okay, so once you've done all that and you have a little bit of liquid left in the cup, then you're going to swirl the cup in the air in front of you three times Um, I like, I do it three times. I do it three times to the right. So swirl the cup in front of you. Um, I like things in threes. I think many people like things in threes. And this really sets the leaves in motion. And because you still have a little bit of the liquid in there, the leaves are going to move around and start getting into some shapes. This is also another way that you're adding your energy into the reading because you are performing that action. You are swirling the the cup. So once you've done that, you're going to place the saucer on top of the cup. Okay, so you're not gonna flip the cup over on the saucer. You're going to place the saucer on top of the cup with the inside of the saucer facing the lip of the cup, of course. And, um, and then you'll flip it over again. So now you have the saucer on the bottom and the cup flipped over on top of it and the saucer is going to catch the little bits of liquid that is left in 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 the cup of course. And the liquid can hold can also hold some revelations, but we're not going to get into that. That's like more in depth <laughs> tea leaf reading. But again, you're going to flip the cup over then onto the saucer and you're letting the remaining liquid drain out. So I already said that. And this can take a little bit of time, so whenever you're to the point where you have the saucer down and you flipped it all over, okay, and the cup is flipped over on the saucer, it can take a minute or more for the water to drain out. So, be you know, be mindful of that and continue to focus on your question, keep an open mind, you know, keep put, putting that intention out there. And then, what I like to do, then you know, we swirled it three times in the air. What I do like to do is is turn it three additional times, when the cup is upside down, turn it slowly three additional times, and, and then flip it over when you've done that three times and the handle is facing toward you, then flip it over. And that's when you can look inside and see what you notice. So when it comes to reading it, you know, have that journal, have that notebook, have a writing utensil handy when it comes to reading, look in the cup first quickly. What do you notice first? So write down immediately what, what you notice. Because remember, when we are doing any sort of divination, when we are reading cards, when we are pulling our oracle of the day, we often jot down the first things that come to our mind and they will have meaning. Um So when you look in the cup, when you just glance quickly, what do you see and what do you notice first? What comes to mind? And don't second guess it. Your first impressions are extremely potent. And then you might want to write those down. Write down what those impressions are and any insight that you might find from those impressions, okay? A lot of people think that when it comes to tea leaf reading, you only do it with specific symbols in mind. And I just want to tell you that it goes beyond just the symbols, just like tarot or oracle card reading goes beyond the imagery of the card in front of you. It's also your connection. Oh, there's Reese saying hello. (laughs) It's also your connection to those cards. So the tea leaf reading is the same. Yes, we are going to talk about in a moment common symbols and what they mean and what they represent when you see them inside your teacup. But don't disregard your innate intuition and the feelings that you get when you're peering inside of that cup. And those flashes, um, of ideas and thoughts. Oh, ideas are thoughts. The flashes of thought that come to you when you just do a quick glance at the cup. So again, look inside, whatever comes to mind, jot it down. And now we're going to talk about specific symbols and traditionally what they mean in a reading. So when it comes to the symbols, I do want to say that sometimes symbols can have different meanings depend Depending on the question that you ask or your intention in the reading, so I want to talk about some common intentions and then what symbols might mean that you see. So first, let's talk about relationships, love relationships, um, even friendships. So if you see a chain, if there's a chain, if you're single, seeing a chain means you you might find a partner soon or even get married after a short amount of time. If you are a couple. Um, you have or you have a partner, the condition of the chain actually matters. If the chain appears to be broken, there might be some work that you need to do on your relationship. Um, But if the chain is intact and together, then things are progressing in the right direction of your relationship. And again, if you were thinking about a friendship, it doesn't have to be your partner relationship, it could just be a friendship. A heart a heart that is well formed with clear outlines obviously speaks of love when it's combined with a circle or a ring that might mean there's engagement on the horizon. And remember, a lot of these imagery images come from folklore as well and symbols that we have seen throughout time through folklore and just our understanding of the symbols. So a fan, if you see a fan and you're doing like a relationship reading, it might mean it's time to cool things off a little bit. Maybe you're you're moving too fast in a relationship. Um, it's also a sign that you, you can fan the flames of passion and rekindle something if you had a question about what to do about a relationship. If you see a ring, if you're unmarried um, or not in a committed relationship, it might be time to start thinking about that. So, that one is just that's funny. That's interesting. A bouquet of flowers means good luck in a relationship is around the corner. Daisies always bring a message of pure love and joy. A dancer brings a message of fulfillment and happiness, while angels are messengers of good news. So, if you see any of these items when you're doing like a relationship reading, those are common items and common meanings. And again, You might have your own personal meaning with some of these items. So what I'm saying right now might not fly for you personally. And that's what I always say. Um, You might find that a heart for you means something different. So I thought I would throw that out there. Okay, another common question or thought that people might have is about their health and well-being. So let's say you're doing a reading about that. That's the question you posed or the intention you posed. An acorn is a message of good health. So if you see the shape of an acorn in the tea leaves, it's a message of good health. Oh, and I feel like I need to interject something here that I didn't mention. So yes, you are reading the shapes of the tea leaves, but there are a lot of people who read the shapes of the empty space, the white space, and what shapes they take from the outline of the tea does that make sense so that's up to you I just read the tea personally um, as opposed to spill the tea Haha, ha, I'm I'm that was not even funny at all that was terrible if my son were here he would be making fun of me. That was awful um, So acorn is a message of good health uh, let's see ants if you see ants it's common um, that if you see like a chain of ants like the little the little tiny bugs, it can mean that there is illness approaching or some sort of malady, and you just need to be aware of that. Um, in the past, people have seen ants warn of broken bones, so so watch out what you're doing. Don't go skydiving, um, and don't do anything where you could break a bone that day, I guess. <laughs> an elephant, elephants are such wonderful shapes to see in a tea leaf reading because that is health, long life happiness. Um, A hen can refer to laying eggs, of course, and some fertility. Let's see a jug. If you see the shape of a jug, it's a wake wake up call for your health. Um, Scissors are not a positive sign. It could be that illness is lurking, but I personally think that scissors could also be it's time to cut an unhealthy habit out of your life. So not necessarily, you know, illness is lurking, but it's time to cut something out of your life. Maybe you haven't been treating your body the best that you could, or even there's a relationship that you need to separatize with, and then a serpent. Many people think serpents are associated with negative things, bad luck, sickness. Um, but not not all the times necessarily. Um, I do want to say though. There, there are many who think if you see a serpent, you should go you go, should go see a doctor. Okay, and then a tree branch is there for healing and protection. Um, so let's move on to abundance because this is a topic that many people ask about during divination time, <laughs> divination time <laughs> during, during divining. Um, so abundance and money. If you see an anchor, and again, all of these symbols can cross over to other intentions. Um, for sure. An anchor represents being held in a safe place. So financially, you are strong, sound, and solid. It can indicate good luck um, with money coming forward. An apple, as they say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, With health, it means a life, you know, a long life ahead, ahead, but also that you have a healthy business endeavor that you're in. A bat, so a bat means that your current endeavors will be rewarding, leading to some abundance. Bats are always good to see, Um, but I have read other, there are other places that say that bats aren't so good, depending on what you see, but I I like bats, and I see a lot of bats in my readings, and it is easy for tea to take the shape of a bat, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Birds um, are a sign of good luck. Let's see, clover again auspicious luck and prophecy with abundance, a crown, same thing. Um, Frogs indicate that there's some triumph in business or even love. The sun shows that there are many blessings. Same with the moon and same with the star. Um, Worms, however, are a little bit beware. There could be people trying to hurt your business or your reputation. So be careful of worms. Okay, and then moving on to a topic I know a lot of people are curious about. And that is connecting with those on the other side. So past loved ones. This is more if you're using the leaves for a bit of um, mediumship. And if they if somebody tries to reach out to you from the other side, oftentimes when you find a letter, There is a clear letter in your cup. It may be the initial of somebody trying to reach you. But when you're thinking of lost loved ones, um, something that will come up that is positive is a butterfly and they're letting you know that they are close and they are nearby to help you. Butterflies also signify transformation and rebirth. Um, I have seen butterflies signify death, but I think more in the rebirth cycle of death a um let's see birds uh birds also show us that someone who has passed over is trying to contact us particularly cardinals or blue jays not that you can make out the actual color in tea but still whatever pops to your mind if you see the shape of a bird in your tea leaves and you're like that's a cardinal right away then you can interpret that as a message from someone you love Also flowers, especially ones like lilies and roses are often messages from the dead. Um, So if you see flowers, that's somebody trying to reach out to you. And seeing these things, seeing a flower, seeing a key, seeing a ladybug, a bird, coupled with an initial tells you the initial of somebody who is trying to reach out to you. Um, a ladybug represents the human soul and then if you see a skull too that is an indication that somebody might be trying to reach out to you as well those are just some common themes and some common shapes that you will see and what they may mean it is by no means an extensive list you can go online and find long lists of shapes of animals and items and different characters and what they represent but that that would be a very long podcast episode if I went in detail about that but you can do your due diligence and research that on your own again use discernment look at the sources that you are using but overall I think that this is a really fun way to connect to your guides and a fun way to or to use tassiography as a divination tool, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, And I really do enjoy it and have been doing it for quite some time here and there. It's not something I practice every day, but I'll get in, you know, a groove for a while, you know, a couple weeks where, oh, I think I want to do this, you know, for a few weeks in a row. But if you're just starting out do do some i don't want to say practice runs but start with with a journal i would get a, a journal or use a journal that you already have and carve out a space just for your tea leaf readings and commit every day for the next let's say 10 days you're going to do a morning and an evening reading just to practice just like you would when you're developing a new practice with a deck of cards or any other form of divination and so get out you know find a cup and saucer go to go to a goodwill wherever you don't have to spend a lot of money on this they do have there are cups and saucers out there that are made for tea leaf reading with the zodiac symbols and different astrological symbols and placements i'm not i'm not a huge fan of those i rather interpret the leaves myself um, and get a more intuitive feel to the leaves um but again, that's up to you. You can get one that's already created um, a specific way. But yeah, so take, maybe take 10 days. And so in 10 days, if you do a morning and evening reading, that's 20 readings of practicing and build up your um, practice of reading tea leaves and you'll get better at it. It'll get easier the first, I remember the first couple times years ago, whenever I did this, I could not get the tea leaves to stay in the cup. And I'm telling you it's important to have just a little bit of water left over. And when you flip it over, you know, don't shake the cup. You're very gentle with it, but really let that water then seep out. So some of the leaves can stick to the side. Don't rush the process at all. And then just record whatever thoughts come to you, use a guide for the symbols if you want some more guidance, um, or refer back to this episode of the podcast. But those are all tips about reading the leaves and a little bit of history. And I hope that you have enjoyed it. So let's move on to our card pull of the day. Okay, and now we're to the last segment of the episode and today I'm going to pull from the Seasons of the Witch Yule deck and I've really been enjoying using this deck. I've been pulling a card every morning um, for the last probably week or so because it's just a great deck leading into the Yule season and I do have the Samhain deck. I enjoy that one as well um, I do not have the Beltana deck yet, the Beltane deck. However, I would I would like to get it eventually. But I do find I've connected most with the Yule deck, even more than the Salon. I was surprised. But I don't know, maybe Yule has been calling to me this year. I'm telling you. And I get you, you probably hear that in this episode. So let's see what we have here for today's pick. Oh, I love this it's so perfect merriment what joy what glee beams from the sounds of voices uplifting the webs of sorrow glimmering as if no tomorrow so merriment and i think that that is appropriate going into the yule season so the key words for this card are happiness And a key term is following your soul. I like that. The message. You never know what tomorrow holds. Our ancestors were very aware of day-to-day dangers. A hunting trip could go wrong or a disease could wipe out an entire village. Perhaps that is why celebrations were such grand affairs. They were reminders to enjoy life when you could. And I'm just going to break off to say that that's so true. Our ancestors um, did think that way. And that's why, you know, going into these darker months and the winter solstice celebration was such a big deal because they knew not everyone would make it through the cold, harsh winter. And so it was a time to be merry and a time to rejoice life while they had it. So moving on, what our ancestors didn't have are the opportunities we have today. It's never been easier to seek higher education, to start your own business, or to move away to a faraway place. Imagine what our ancestors would have done if so many paths to success and joy were available to them. Oh, that's a really good reflection. That's a nice prompt. This card guides you to act on the things that bring you joy. Start a business if that aligns with your soul or switch careers if it's something that you're in a place to do. I'm going to add that because it's not just easy to say tomorrow, oh, I'm going to switch careers. No, a lot of thought has to go into that and a lot of decisions financially um, with your family need to go into that. Sign up for vocal training. Maybe you wanted to take a tap dancing class. Um, maybe you want to spend more time with your family and figure out a way to scale back on your work hours, all of these things. Follow that, that merriment, that joy. Merriment has come to you because your soul is yearning for more moments of happiness that you are not getting in your current position. So if you've been so focused on work and hitting deadlines and go, go going, and haven't had time to really Think about what you want. What makes you happy? What brings joy to your life? This card, this is your sign that it's time to stop and think about what brings you joy. What truly brings you joy? And something I've been saying a lot to my one friend who's been struggling is that we live this current life one time. And there are things that we have to do out of necessity. Work to put food on the table, to put a roof over our head. But there are also things that, that, that you need to be able to cut out. I talk about, you know, putting up the boundaries. Because again, you have this one life, this current life, and you have limited time, this current life. So why are you wasting it doing things that don't bring you joy? Again, other than the things out of necessity, we make decisions on a daily basis, whether that be getting lost on social media for two, three hours at a time, or spending time with a person who doesn't make us feel the best about ourselves because we feel like we have to or we're obligated to. No, we're not. It's important to focus, especially this time of year, on your own joy too yes bringing joy to others is important but what about what you want and what you want to enjoy in your life so i think that was a good card and a nice a nice prompt i really really did like that one so again that was from seasons of the witch the yule oracle card deck before i finish up for today i do want to do a quick shout out a couple shout outs to people who have rated the podcast and reviewed the podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who takes the time to do this. I have almost 500 ratings at this point. I can't see the number of reviews, but I know it's a lot and I appreciate it. So if you're looking for a way to support this podcast and what I'm doing on it, then please rate, review, follow, share with your friends. Those are the best things you can do. So thank you to BK Davis, 813. You love the content of the show. You love how I openly speak about mental health and anxiety. I, yes, I, I am going to. I'm an advocate for that. And I think more of us need to be just because it's it's not, it shouldn't be taboo. We need to talk about our mental health. Um, oh, Betty, you're in about eight episodes starting from the first and working your way up and you're just really enjoying it and, and learning a lot. Thank you so much. DD Ferry. You find this warm and inviting, like you're sitting down to talk with a good witchy friend while learning things, and you look forward to each episode. Thank you. I look forward to recording them. Thank you for those kind words. Banana Waffles 18, I love that name. You started listening two nights ago, and you're already nine episodes in. I love it. Um, It's pleasant, and not to sound cliche, but it is comfy and cozy. I'm glad that you find that. Um that means a lot. Jen Ash 09. Um, you say I've helped you in more ways than one on your spiritual journey and you can't thank me enough. And I want to say that you are so, so welcome. I am happy that I can do that through the podcast and through the content. Um, so thank you for those kind words. Um, Alan Space. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, even though I am only a couple years older, you get major witch mom vibes, especially on my podcast about discernment. Where what I was not chastising people, but telling them, "Come on, use your use your noggin." Um, thank you so much for those those kind words. Um, that means a lot. I love the mama witch, <laughs> witchy mom vibes. <laughs> Mandy Exo Exo nineteen eighty seven. You came across this podcast trying to find something to occupy your anxious work mind, and you've never gotten into a podcast, but this has converted you. That is a huge compliment, and I really appreciate that. And then March 2016, you just discovered the podcast and are just now exploring witchy things, so welcome. And you love the tone. And then Duckin. I don't know if I said that right, but you recently stumbled upon the podcast as well and you were struggling to find one that resonates with you and this has been a breath of fresh air and I really appreciate that you say that um it's been a challenge to find time for your practice and I and I'm glad that I've inspired you ways to add magic to the everyday because truly that is what what I am all about um and then chronically witchy I think I I read may have read this one before but I'll end with it um it's seasonal magic discussions of witchcraft mixed with the great British baking show vibes. And that is the biggest compliment. So thank you so much. And I can't scroll to see anymore. So hopefully I got all of you. But again, everyone, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Comfy Cozy Witch, my website, ComfyCozyWitch.com. I don't do too much there. It's just a, a static website. And then if you want to get extra content and meet other People in the cozy, comfy, cozy witch community, you can go to patreon.com slash comfy, cozy witch. But everybody, thank you so much. And until next episode, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.